Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, um, Neurocrine Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today we have Teresa Snyder on, um, who is going to be talking, basically sharing her HD story and her son's HD story. Um, as you remember, for HD Awareness Month, I really was pushing this hashtag, this is HD, and I really wanted to see posts about um, the real Huntington's. And so Teresa sent me some amazing photos doing exactly what I wanted in that it's the positive and the negatives, the good and the bad, the ugly, because there's so many sides to HD. And um, she shared her son's story and her story, and um, it was just very touching. And I wanted to bring her on to share with the rest of the community. Teresa, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to have you just kind of tell, you know, where you're from and tell a little bit about um, your son to start off. Okay. Um, so we're up in Michigan, just south of Ann Arbor. Um, and, uh, well, I can go back a little bit farther and start with um, my ex-spouse um, who had uh, Huntington's. Uh, we were really young when we got married, and um, I, I didn't really even understand what it was. His mom had had it, and unfortunately, all of his siblings got it, so all five of them are now um, passed away from that. Um, my son, Benjamin, um, went off to Afghanistan um, right out of high school, and uh when he came back he was he was pretty messed up um and while they were trying to get his PTSD under control and uh figure out what all was going on with that is when he he asked to be tested for HD and uh he was positive and how old is he now uh he's 32 now Oh, this was about so younger, younger than me. Um, yeah, he was he was uh, twenty one when he was diagnosed. Wow. So, so they think probably juvenile form. Um, well, you know, I n- never even knew that there was a like specific juvenile form until after I got involved with support groups. Um, so. I mean, you know, now talking to people, I realized that there were probably symptoms, even as, you know, a young, but he didn't have, like, it, it was more uh, emotional and um, mental health issues, uh, like, you know, diagnosed with ADHD and, and uh, different dyslexia and, you know, different things like that at the time. Um, 
but he he never had any physical disabilities um, as a young as a young man. And now he had like is he full on movements or is it mainly the you know the emotional side still? Um, so it, it started out with um, well what what we came to know is is Huntington's uh, started out with the obvious symptoms is schizophrenia. Um, so the um, VA found him and told me that's what was going on with him, and I was like, oh, I had no idea. Um, and at the time, we thought that was related to the PTSD and from being in Afghanistan. I still didn't even know that that was a symptom of Huntington's. Um, so it wasn't until much later that I that I found out that that is actually uh, a symptom of Huntington's, or can be. It's not in everybody, but it can be. So um, that was that was the first obvious signs, I guess, that he that he showed, you know. Um, and yes, now he is full on. He's got the movements, although, you know, some days are better than others. And he's on um, antipsychotics for the schizophrenia, which uh, the neurologist also says helps with the movement. So his movements sometimes they're really really bad, and other times they're they're not so bad at all. Not so bad, yeah. Yeah, we had the same thing with Dad, where he was on an antipsychotic, and um, and it really did help with his movements. But you could definitely tell if he was stressed because then the movements would come out. Yeah, or he likes to drink a lot of caffeine, and that really makes the movements come out too. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Dad's favorite was Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> so. Yeah, so we're trying about... to cut that down. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, tell me about it. Um, that was a really hard thing to do. Um, was cut that out because he was all about some diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> so tell me about yeah. your son. Tell me like what you guys, what a typical day is for you guys. Well, you know it's it's so much different now than it used to be. I still work full time. Um, he does live in his. We bought his him his own home, so he does have his own home. We made sure he had a ranch, and um, it, you know slowly getting it um, adaptive for him uh, one thing at a time. But um, I go down and see him every day after work, um, make sure he gets dinner. He'll probably call me, you know, most days several times throughout the day, um, and usually in a row, boom, boom, boom. He loves online shopping. Um <laughs> A, a bit obsessive about it, very impulsive. Yeah. Um, but he's got just the hugest heart of anybody you would ever meet, um, and he would do anything for anybody if he could, um, whatever he could do. Um, he doesn't doesn't clean around the house. He's not able to do that. He's not able to use the stove. He he's already started a fire in his microwave once. He already started a fire using the stove once. He he didn't know a burner was on, and the toaster was sitting on top of the burner and. Um, so, so he's not allowed to do any of that stuff anymore. Um, so really while I'm at work, he's getting delivery, um, and there's not a lot of places, so he gets a lot of pizza or Jimmy John's or something like that for lunch or leftovers, but a lot of times he won't go into the refrigerator and get the leftovers. So, um, supper's dependent on me, and, um, beginning this weekend, I'm actually moving in with him on the weekends because he's needing more help. Wow. 
Well, that's very, very nice of you that, you know, you are, you're basically having to change your whole life around. Um, but, you know, you, you sent me some photos of him kind of walking with a service dog, which is beautiful. Um, and you also sent photos of the holes in the wall, which I'm familiar with because of, you know, balance issues and movements and then all of a sudden falling over. So, um, because we ended up with holes in the wall too. So, um, but it hits home, right? Like it really hits home that, that there are the bad things and the good things about HD when you see those photos. The, the body, they're not just little holes, they're body size holes, you know, and, um, and it's just a loss of balance. Somebody came in and was like, what, did he get mad and punched? No, that's from falling into the wall um, <laughs> with, with such force that, you know, it's crazy um, how bad it is. Um, one time I was sitting there when it happened, well, not when he fell into the wall, but when he said it's like his legs just collapsed out from under him. And he just pops right back up like nothing happened. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. It's, it's okay to watch. That. Yeah. It is, yeah. But then you have to, my dad would, um, he would make a joke of it. And he'd be like, ah, it's just the HD. And just keep on yep. going. So he had yeah. a great sense of humor. And so what does your son like to do? Um. Well, well, we used to love to go kayaking. Um, now he he still would like to, but his balance isn't as well. And and we did have one spill a couple years ago, so he 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 goes a lot less. He he says he wants to go, but he he always says no when I show up with the kayaks. Um, he loves to go hiking. Um, there are days that you know he just can't do it. We don't have the service dog anymore, unfortunately. Um, but um, he he still loves to go hiking and he loves to play disc golf. I'll tell nice. you, um, the last time we went disc golfing, we ran into another guy who was um, there golfing on his own. So Benjamin asked him, you know, hey, do you want to golf together? You know, and instead of you waiting for me all the time, and he was a little hesitant, but he agreed. And then it was it was really funny because this guy. I mean, in my opinion, almost semi-professional, right? He would he would only toss it two or three times and get it in the basket on this long course, and Benjamin would take like ten or fifteen, and then after the basket, Benjamin would be like, "Uh, who won that? You or me?" And the guy would just laugh. He didn't quite quite get it. But so we had a good time. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he um. Did he seem to react better having the service dog? Um, he he loved his service dog. He absolutely loved his service dog. Um, we he I think he hiked more when he had the service dog. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't a great fit for him, and um, uh, the service dog became aggressive toward other people. So we it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't allowing him to get out more. It was kind of limiting, you know, how much he was getting out. So um, they thought maybe the the movements or the stress that Ben was under was carrying through the leash to the dog, but um, I don't know. Hmm. Much oh, I'm sorry to hear that. 
Well, I love that he loves disc golf, and um, I hope he gets out there and he does some kayaking. Uh, that's always something fun. And, you know, if you fall over, at least you cool off in the water. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of beaches in Michigan, so, um, you know, there's a lot of places to go, yeah. even even for a hike next to the water. Yeah. So caregiving at this point for your son, how do you feel? Um, I'm trying really hard to keep a positive attitude. Um, it's it's I'm completely worn out to be honest. Um, my work is pretty demanding, and uh, it it takes it wrings almost all of my energy out of me just just at my job, and then to go from here down to there and try to take care of his house, and then try to go home and take care of my house. It's it's a lot. Um, and I and I feel like I'm failing at every avenue, um, but I'm doing what I can, and you know um, the support groups have been amazing in giving me ideas and um, you know just support, <laughs> emotional support. Do you guys have resources up there, like you know with Medicaid or with um, with anything else, even contacting a dedicated social worker who could help with, you know, with any of it? Um, Well, we've been assigned a social worker from the VA, and um, they send links and ideas, and uh, what they do is they send me a list of these are our resources, and it's 10 pages long, so there's lots of resources. But to me, almost looking at that list is is overwhelming because I've already... I'm already so far behind on just the basics that I don't have time to research all these lists. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It just I so they are there, and it's it's me who's not taking advantage of them. So I don't know what there is, but I know that there are some things out there. Well, it's not that you're not taking advantage of them. It's that it's that caregiver burnout, right? Like you're working a full-time job, taking care of your own house, and then you're having to take care of somebody, and it feels like if there's one more task on you, you're going to break. And so, right. you know, right. it's not, it's just being, it's being tired, right. like you said, being exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, they did talk me into at least signing up for this um, text um, thing for caregivers, and it just sends you a text like once or twice a week that's um, supposed to be uplifting or like a breathe or you know something like that. Um, they're, they vary, um, and that's that's been helpful. And it doesn't really make me do much. You know, <laughs> I mean, I just had to sign up one time, and I get these messages. So um, that's probably the only thing that I've taken advantage of that they've offered so far. Do you have other kids? I have a daughter. Um, she is at risk. She does not want to be tested. She's 30. She's in Japan right now teaching English. Nice. And, um, yeah, she's she's been gone for three years, and she's supposed to be coming home this fall, so I'm very, very excited to see her again. And then they, yeah. uh, the kids uh, yeah, the kids also have a, a half-sister. Um who, as far as I know, has not been tested. And how does your, you know, how does your daughter feel? Like, 
Does she talk to your son a lot? Does she, obviously, if she doesn't want to be tested, that's probably a sore subject, but um, but what about helping with her brother? Obviously, she's been out of town for three years. She's She's been gone a lot, yeah. And, and before that, she was working full-time, so... Um, and before that, she was going to school full-time, so it's not like ever since graduating high school, it's not like they've spent a lot of time together, um, but they love each other dearly, and, and she will help a little bit when she gets back, but I'm sure, you know, she's going to be wanting to to see what's next for her life, too, so. Yeah. Well, and I, I have to say, you know, during the pandemic, it was just very isolating anyway, um, and really just kind of make things worse. I think this disease is is very isolating. Um, yes, you know, friends disappear. There's just uh, it's it's just a very isolating disease for both for both the person affected and the caregivers because you're spending all of your energy, you know, just doing that. Yeah, I actually talked to somebody about that at convention. I was just at the HDSA convention, and one of the things that I mentioned was um, we're tired, right? Like we're mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. so tired because of you go through not only caregiving and being tired, but then dealing with a pandemic that makes everything even more isolating. And it's mm-hmm. just everybody was kind of like, what's the point, especially after – the Roche Genentech disappointment and, um, you know, basically how do we get back to feeling like not, I wouldn't say like we're not tired because we're always going to be tired as caregivers, but at least have more support and connected and less isolated um, because yeah, you're right, people disappear. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean they disappear regularly. So then you've got your, you know, hopefully you're connected to a support group. But but if you were in person, most of those went online. Um, I I was never in an in person one. I never found one close to me. But um, but I I thank God for the online one. <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah. without them, I may have lost it a couple of times. <laughs> and I hear you. Does your son reach out for support at all to the community? Like, is he does he talk to other people with Huntington's? No, he does not. And and it's it's really, yeah, no, he doesn't. Um, I have a hard time getting him even to go to like grandma's house for dinner. Um, and he used to be a really really social person. Um, he was the most social. I'm, I'm kind of a hermit. My daughter's kind of a hermit. He was the most social out of all of us, and he would talk to anybody at any time, and now it's kind of hard to get him out of the house. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm trying to encourage that because I want him to, you know, do as much. But I don't know if that's is that the Huntington's, is that the PTSD, is it a combination of everything? It's a combination. And it doesn't even matter what the cause is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a combination of it. But um, PTSD in itself can just cause that. But, you know, add in HD and being afraid of, of talking to people. Um, but I hope he does that, get, you know, does he, he ever does get on get the computer? Stuff. He's on the computer all the time, online shopping, just for online shopping. <laughs> he doesn't. Tell, he doesn't, tell him he needs he to go get to on Amazon for, for me and buy, uh, <laughs> and buy some stuff. <laughs> it drives me crazy because I'll get 40 <laughs> texts a day about buy me this, buy me that, buy me this. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he'll call me after each one. Did you buy it yet? Did you buy it? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, he should he should get online and talk because there are other people with Huntington's on there, you know, who who experience the mental health side and everything. Um, yeah, he may. I, I don't know. Um, I've tried even talking him into like getting on this call, and he he didn't want to. So I don't know. Um, but he did do. Um, there was the University of Michigan did did a research project where he had to talk into a micro a, a microphone and they recorded it three times a day every day for a week. And um, he did do that one, but it was just short little sentences he had to read. Yeah, um, but he doesn't. Well, if he ever does know. want to want to talk, like I'd be happy. One of the things that I love about this show is um, because I'm gene positive and I'm pre-symptomatic, but I love to have people with Huntington's or juvenile Huntington's on, to, so people realize like they have they have a voice. Um, yeah. And I love when people share their voice, and I want to make sure that they continue to share their voice. So if he ever wants to come on and just share his story or share how he feels, I am more than happy to have him. I will encourage him to do that. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for taking time today to to talk to me. Um, you know, this is the reality of HD. This is not HD is not 100% positive all the time. You know, it is hard work being a caregiver. It's hard being the person with HD and struggling with, you know, with the behavioral symptoms and um, and continuing to have a voice and continuing to um, to keep moving, right? And that's the most that's the best thing you can do for yourself with this disease is continue to move and continue to to keep doing. So um, my heart goes out to your son and to you, and I hope that he will um, reach out to the HD community. Feel free to to give him my information and um, you know and feel like he has some support too and not so isolated. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. So, again, thank you so much for joining me. Um, And I also want to thank everybody who's listened to the show today. Um, If you participated with the um, HDSA convention, it was really great. There's some really good sessions. And as always, um, Dr. Ed Wild and Dr. Jeff Carroll were there, and they're hilarious um, and just really good at sharing um, what research is going on. Go onto the HDSA website, and you can find those um, recordings from convention. But we are also going to have HD Buzz on monthly for the next four months, um, basically doing a roundtable with the HD Buzz staff. Um, to get questions answered about research um, and everything. And maybe we'll even do something like what they had at convention where it's ask the scientist anything. Um, So make sure to tune in for those shows. We'll be starting at the um, end of the month or beginning of July, and um, and I hope that people will absolutely tune in to that. And also um, we're looking at potentially sending out a request for questions and and things like that. So it's in the works, um, but I'm really excited that we will have HD Buzz on. Maybe we can get Jeff Carroll on as well, Um, but I do know that that Ed Wild will be joining us. Um, And if you've not seen the photos and videos from convention, um, 
you should go to Twitter. <laughs> There's some amazing photos and videos that were shared on Twitter. Um, they're just amazing people and really joined in on talent show night and everything. Um, so check that stuff out. Otherwise, you know, we've got really exciting stuff coming up in July for the pre-symptomatic community. The FDA listening session will be at the end of July, July 25th. And right now there is a survey out to the community for pre-symptomatic in the U.S. Um, so if you need the link to it, please reach out or go on to, I think we've posted it all over Facebook and Twitter, Twitter now, um, but you're welcome to reach out to me, um, Seth or BJ, and I'll make sure to continue to share it in the um, on my personal page and Help for HD Live page. Um, but we definitely need as many definitely need as many voices as possible from the pre-symptomatic community. Um, that you know, unfortunately, it's just for the U.S. right now. That may actually grow later on. But for for the FDA listening session that we're doing on July 25th, um, it's just for U.S. Um, but please add your voices if you have not done so yet um, so we can make sure that we have as much data as possible to give to the FDA about whether or not we are willing to take on the risk of participating in clinical trials. Um, and I think that that's all the updates I've got for everybody. So uh, I hope you guys are all doing well and having a wonderful summer. And until next time, uh, take care and love you. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.